0: I always say baby steps because I feel it can be so daunting. First of all, to have that self-awareness and understand what makes you happy, what you enjoy doing, what your strengths are. In a non-judgmental kind of open way where we're not being hard on ourselves, just kind of try to understand what you like and then take that baby step. You don't have to jump right into it.
1: Tracy Nathanson is on Bucketless Careers with us today. Thanks for coming back to listen. I'm Krista Laurie. Like me, she left the TV news biz. She was in production, spent some years at MSNBC, also worked for a bit in broadcast sports, loving the adrenaline and pace of that coverage. But Tracy had an aha moment when she realized what she loved most wasn't TV or the excitement of the news cycle. She loved people's stories, connecting with guests, Tracy decided to go back to school and became a licensed psychotherapist, forming her own practice in 2019 called Pace of Mind Therapy, which combines walking or running outdoors with talk therapy. Pace of Mind merges two of Tracy's favorite things, and I love this. It's so brilliant. Moving out in the fresh air, she's a marathon runner, and talking and listening in an empathetic way. So how did she put it all together to land her dream gig? Let's listen. Tracy, welcome to Bucket List Careers. Very excited to have you. A kindred spirit. We both come from a news background who made a pivot. It's going to be a lot of fun this episode. So thanks for being on the show.
0: Thank you. Looking forward.
1: So you spent more than a decade in broadcast TV and cable news and sports coverage, and you made this pivot I find it somewhat singular versus some of my friends who left news and went into PR and communications and teaching journalism. You decided to become a licensed psychotherapist specializing in walk and talk therapy. And I just find that intriguing.
0: You know, what's so interesting is I love the power of storytelling and people's narratives. And I think when I think about broadcast journalism, And therapy and working with others, that's like one of the similarities between them, you know, listening to their stories, helping them out as a journalist, giving them a voice, telling their story on air. And then the psychotherapist helping them figure out their narrative, helping them change it, empowering them. I mean, they're both really about empowerment in different ways.
1: True. I do see that parallel. We really want to delve into and unpack your journey. So let's take it back then to what attracted you to begin with about, as you said, being a storyteller and doing broadcasts.
0: I worked in public relations. It's interesting because you said some people make the pivot from broadcast journalism or production to PR. I went from PR to broadcast journalism. So that was the opposite. And that was my first job. And I was pitching editors, news editors at stations across the country, these things called video news releases, which were basically infomercials trying to get them on air to look like a news story. But we were representing a client. Mm -hmm. And through that work, I kind of got really interested in that other side, the journalism side. So that's how I kind of made that small pivot from PR to broadcast journalism and production.
1: What was your first gig? And walk us through a little bit of that, because there are certainly people out there who are dying to get into the news business.
0: It was really challenging and really hard. I talked to a lot of people and I had a friend who was working at CBS at Sunday morning at that time, Mm -hmm. and she told me there was an opening for a fax coordinator. I would be sending scripts over for closed captioning. And I'd get up at the crack of dawn. I was working. I think it was like a Thursday to Sunday schedule, kind of crazy hours. But that was my entree into CBS. I kind of wanted to take anything I could. And I think sure. having a friend who told me about this listing, and then I got—I feel like I got really lucky as well.
1: Yeah, you do have to pay your dues, no doubt about it. There is no nine to five in news. That's what I want to tell listeners, too. Like, Absolutely. If you're that person who can't get up early, it may not be the right area for Before you. I <laughs> work
0: weekends. When I worked in sports production, uh, I was watching weekends and traveling every weekend.
1: So let's talk about your time in sports coverage. You told me earlier you loved the adrenaline of it. You were traveling. Where were you working then? And tell us what you liked and what wasn't working for you.
0: I stayed at CBS. I heard about it. It was like an internal job posting. I guess being there... So I heard about the sports and switched over to sports. It was such an adrenaline rush. I love live sports and it's unpredictable. And I worked in graphics. So that was also telling the story, going back to that storytelling theme, telling the story through the stats or through quarterback comparisons. I worked in football, you know, all different sports. What wasn't working is it was difficult to manage that with relationships. And at this time I was in my mid twenties, late twenties and I was traveling every weekend and it it was challenging.
1: Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, your personal life should be a consideration in the decisions you're making on your career path. Your last gig, Tracy, in news was at MSNBC as a booker. You told me pre-interviewing guests for segments and listening to sometimes traumatic stories, Right, the news of the day. And that actually seemed to help you find a higher level of self-awareness in terms of your professional purpose. So can you speak to that a bit?
0: So I really enjoyed when we were working and covering, we were covering plane crashes, cults, you know, I was talking to survivors of these, family members. I would spend hours on some of these calls. I remember like an hour or two and then follow up with them. And I really enjoyed listening to them. And I really kind of wanted to help them. And it sometimes I felt conflicted because I didn't want to exploit their story. But I knew it was important to share it, that it would help others. So I kind of would balance that need. And it was trauma dealing with what they were going through. So that, that there's a piece of me that really felt like, yeah, you know, I can't imagine what they're going through. They're so resilient. And I'd like to maybe be able to do more, which is plenty, by the way, sharing their story is so important. But I think there was a piece of me that felt like I want to do something more.
1: So would you say the walk and talk therapy concept was germinating at this point? Because you did tell me that it spanned years.
0: Then what happened was I, I had small kids and I was thinking though I really wanted to do more. And throughout my life, I volunteered. I was with the Achilles Track Club in New York. And these are athletes with different disabilities. And I remember I did a marathon with one of them in a wheelchair. And I thought about what I really loved. And it was helping out others and volunteering and so I thought, you know, maybe why don't I explore social work as a possible career? Because it felt like it fit some of those needs and some of those things I really enjoyed. You know, talking about that work-life balance. But I did have small kids and we had just moved to the suburbs. And I wanted to make sure this was going to be a good fit and something I liked. It would work with my schedule and my family. And so I literally, I took one class at a time for two years and I got the credits. And then I said, you know what, I'm going to do this. hmm Then I went to school and I actually went part time and did my internships part time. But for those first several years I was practicing, I worked at an agency and I worked with clients in the office and I was really trying to accrue my clinical hours so that I could go out on my own. But at the same time that I was doing that, I was one of my favorite things to do is I love walking and I love running. I'm a very avid runner.
1: I was just going to bring that up and ask you about your running because I know that you've done marathons. It's one of your passions and your practice, what you've created, Pace of Mind Therapy combines two of the things that really light you up running, moving out in the fresh air, and talking and listening in an empathetic way, as you've described. So you eventually put those two together. And I know that running had a big impact on where you are today.
0: It absolutely has. Well, to get a little personal about my background, I grew up in the city. And running for me has always been a savior. My parents got divorced when I was 13, 14, and I found running at 15. And I lived near to the reservoir and I would go out there a lot and run. And it really helped me cope and manage everything going on in my life. So running has always been the constant.
1: Tracy, I'm going to stop you there and say thank you for sharing that, because I know you weren't sure if you wanted to get into your parents divorcing when you were a teenager. And I'm just really glad you did because I went through the same thing and did not get therapy at the time. And I wished that I had found something like that, like running, a mechanism to cope. And I know that that influenced your decision to pursue this line of work. So thank you for opening up about that. If you can, just tell us more about like how running has been such a powerful motivator for what you're doing now.
0: It kind of gave me control. It was something that I had. It was my own. And then I also found friends. It was kind of like this running support group. And we would run together. This was more in my 20s. And this was actually before therapy too, because I did my own therapy, which helped me a lot. I could tell you about that after. But my running support group. So what the running did and I would run with my friends. And it was so validating. We would talk
1: about our problems. So let's fast forward to 2019 and you founding Pace of Mind Therapy. What is so valuable about it?
0: Therapy has helped me so much throughout my life. I started in my 20s and I'm still to this day, I'm in therapy, really has made me so self-aware, helped me with my choices in life, really helped me to advocate for myself. Yeah. I feel there is a lot of stigma around talk therapy. I was thinking that there may be other ways to get people to talk about their problems, to figure out kind of what they want in life. And I know for me that running support groups were so helpful. So around 2018, 2019, I actually started Googling. I was thinking like, this would be really interesting if I could be outdoors running, which I love to do. And I love my running support groups. I do this for a business, run with clients or walk with them. And I started Googling and I did find some people that were doing it kind of throughout the country, but it wasn't kind of that popular at that moment.
1: And you had said to me that you called, I think, a couple of people in California that were doing the walk and talk therapy because it seemed more regional at the time and you wanted to bring it to the Northeast. I'll tell you, in New York, I had never heard of something like this.
0: Exactly. I was like, I'm going to bring it here. And a lot of people didn't know what it was and still don't. But I will say that during this pandemic, everyone's been out walking. There've been so many people outdoors and people are definitely more open to doing this and this approach. And I'm hoping it'll gain in popularity because I really do want to see us destigmatize mental health and talking wellness and just taking care of your emotional health, like we take care of our physical health, having a tune up, having maintenance. I mean, especially during this pandemic, it's been so challenging on so many levels for so many people. So,
1: Brett, right, I actually think that perhaps due to the pandemic, people that didn't think they needed therapy are looking into it or considering it. Can I ask you a question? I'm not even trying to be funny about it. I really wonder what do you do when it rains.
0: (laughs) That's a great question. Actually, that's a kind of on my website. When it rains, we we reschedule. Well, we schedule our session, or I will do like a teletherapy, or in the office. But that's a really good question, and I do have a waiver because it's different from when you're in an office. If you're outdoors, right? Someone we could trip on something. Something could happen, and I don't really want to be. Liable for that. So there is a consent form that my patients will sign, mentioning some of the hazards. Not that it hasn't happened yet, thankfully.
1: Your business is kind of new. Have things been getting better? Have you seen some progress since vaccinations became more widespread? They are, thankfully.
0: I've been walking throughout most of the pandemic with people. And in the beginning, we were all wearing masks. And we, I mean, I was doing one on ones. And now, as time has gone on, if I'm with a patient who's feeling comfortable and we've both been double vaccinated, we aren't wearing one. I did have a patient, actually, who a day or two after our walk told me they had COVID. But thankfully, we were outside and we were wearing our masks. And, you know, that was... Mm,
1: Yeah, going in the right direction, at least. Tracy, I always try to share some takeaway nuggets, if you will, from guests. Some of the people I've had on the show have found their professional purpose early. Others have put it all together, like you, I think, after years of different gigs, going back to school, Your story, I think, is one that draws from years of experience. What do you really want listeners to know if they're struggling career-wise?
0: I always say baby
1: steps because I feel it can be so daunting. First of all, to have that
0: self-awareness and understand what makes you happy, what you enjoy doing, what your strengths are in a non-judgmental kind of open way where we're not being hard on ourselves, just kind of try to understand what you like and then take that baby step. You don't have to jump right into it which is what I did. I took kind of one class at a time. And I really tell, I have friends now in their forties, fifties, going back to school and doing things that they never thought they would do and trying a class out or doing an internship.
1: Oh, I love that so much. It's never too late. How old were you again when you went back to get your master's?
0: I was 40 when I went back to school. And I want to say that
1: was very challenging.
0: And I was doing papers, you know, in the middle of the night and had two young boys. And how old were the boys? They were young. They were like four and six or they were very young. I felt so alive. And I loved being in a classroom with people from all different backgrounds, all different ages, all different life experiences, all different stories, where I may not have had that exposure living in my suburban community. And I think that's also one of the things that I really love about being a therapist. And I kind of keeps going back to the storytelling and the narratives, but getting a window into people's all different lives, what they're doing, where they come from, their hopes or dreams. And I get very invested in it.
1: I can see in your face the way it lights you up. Do you know that my youngest daughter, who's 12, going on 13, recently said to me, Mom, I think everyone should have therapy. It should be a given. And I thought, wow, that is such an insight for a girl her age. And I kind of agree with her. What do you say to that?
0: I love that. I actually want to share something because the other day someone sent me an article, a piece, I think in the Hollywood Reporter. I don't know if you've heard about this, but Dry Bar, the people that created Dry Bar, the quick blowouts, their new concept, it's called OK Humans. And they're looking to do for mental health what they did for, for blowouts. So they're going to open up a boutique in Brentwood where you can go and have this great experience, just really destigmatize talk therapy. OK Humans, and they're going to hope to open up in other places. And I love that idea. And I love that your daughter said that to you, because I do think people are so much more open now. And I think with social media and people really being able to share their stories and adolescents and younger people and this generation, I feel so hopeful that there's going to be availability of resources and inequality, that everyone's going to be able to have that access to the resources they need
1: absolutely i couldn't agree more and i'm hopeful about that too tracy this was really great to have you on bucket list careers where should we send our listeners to find out more about you Well, thank you
0: for asking my website would be a great place to start it's pace well
1: that's super simple it was great to have you on the show tracy nathanson of pace of mind therapy be well
0: thank you so much i so enjoyed this thank you
1: Thanks, as always, for joining me on the show as we continue to dig into cool gigs and inspiring journeys. I'm actually amazed at how many guests are now coming my way in just a few short months. Thank you. And keep them coming. If you think your professional story is a fit or someone you know would be a great guest, hit me up at Bucket List Careers on social or email Krista at Podcast.com. Love to connect with you. Be well.